From Indianapolis, with an eye on every corner of the state. This is IBJ Media's Inside Indiana Business with Gary Dick. Presented by Elevate Ventures, Ice Miller, and Indiana University. The business of booze. Indiana's rich beer history coming full circle. And Hoosier distillers calling the shots in the world of spirits. It is a lot of stigma because they think because we were professional athletes, things don't affect us, but it does. Tackling mental health among the NFL's best and the Indiana connection breaking the stigma. And wood-fired Chicago-style Neapolitan. We're sinking our teeth into the tastiest pizzas in Indiana. Hello and welcome to Inside Indiana Business. I'm Gary Dick. Craft brewing. It went from a hobby to a $1.6 billion industry in Indiana as the state really tapped into the craft beer craze of the late 90s and early 2000s. But an industry that has swelled to more than 200 breweries statewide is now in transition as several big names have gone belly up. Still others expanding, though, tapping into new markets. What does it mean for those who like to buy their cold ones with an Indiana flavor? Well, for some answers, I'm pleased to be joined by Brewers of Indiana Guild Executive Director Julia Whitson. Julia, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Okay, give us uh, your assessment. I mean, there's been such great growth in the craft beer uh, industry in Indiana, double-digit growth. I know for a number of years, more than 200 uh, breweries or permits uh, uh, statewide. We see a number of breweries have gone out of business here recently. Uh, What's the state of the industry? How would you assess craft beer as an industry in Indiana? Yes. So, um, you know, we started out a couple decades ago with just a couple dozen craft brewers across the state. And now, as you mentioned, we've got over 215 active small brewer permits all the way from Evansville um, up to South Bend. So uh, I would say things are still growing. Right. So you are seeing some news stories of folks, um, you know, shutting down. And and that has to do with a variety of things. People just wanting to try something different. Um, Breweries kind of combining forces or joining or just, um, you know, not making it. But for Every brewery that's that's shutting down, we have another one kind of opening opening up. Yep. Um, it really is a you know a brewery is kind of a, a staple in your community. It's where people go to gather and have dinner and meet friends. And um, so I, I don't see the the growth slowing down anytime soon. Okay, a number of breweries you mentioned Black Acre, Indiana City, Fountain Square. Uh, and some others. But to your point about collaboration in that industry, Black Acre going out of business, Scarlet Lane, a, a woman-owned brewery uh, that's had great success coming in and, and, and taking over operations there. So that collaborative piece uh, really comes into play. It does. I've uh, I've worked in a, a variety of industries, um, you know, since since working, and um, this one is so interesting with the level of collaboration and creativity among the people in the industry. And so it's really awesome to see, um, you know, when when Blackacre is shutting their doors, as you know it, um, their their personal friends, right, um, who happen to run Scarlet Lane, are coming in to kind of help make that transition. And I think that's just a very cool thing about the industry is that everyone really pulls together and and works together and it's not quite as um, competitive as you might consider the word competitive in other industries. So that's that's been a fun thing to watch. Yeah, and, and you, you, other breweries uh, are expanding in a big way. Uh, Three Floyds uh, in northwest Indiana is an example. Now, they closed their tap room, but they have not slowed down from an expansion and distribution standpoint. 
They haven't. And I think that's a really good example of how different breweries are across the state. So you might have you might have a very small five barrel system um, in a small community that serves people, you know, just a couple miles away. Folks come in and out after work to grab a sandwich and a beer um, and then compare that to Three Floyds, still a craft brewery, still in Indiana. Um, but their main, main focus is on production, um, kind of being close to Chicago. And so they're very different in nature in terms of, you know, what they do and what their business models are, but also yeah. kind of in the same industry pulling together. So Yeah. And Sun King, uh, certainly based here in Indianapolis, uh, one of the pioneers in the craft uh, brewing industry, continues to grow its footprint yeah. uh, here in Indiana and beyond. We're going to talk about that. Uh, in a moment. But another example, and, and Clay Robinson, one of the co-founders, says, in his view, is about taking advantage of opportunities uh, and really cashing in on those to stay relevant. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I, and I think there are so many opportunities to be had if, if folks are you know willing to think outside the box and get creative. Um, Clay is a great example with Sun King. Uh, we, we're seeing some craft brewers um, kind of diving into um, you know, canning when they haven't before, mm -hmm. or maybe looking into distilling or working in the wine space. And so there's a lot of crossover in that area as well. And um, yeah, I, th I think there's just a ton of opportunity to be had uh, across the state. Julia Whitson is the executive director of the Brewers of Indiana uh, uh, Guild. And uh, Julia, thanks for some great perspective. Look forward to seeing you soon. Well, the aforementioned Indianapolis-based Sun King Brewing, again, says taking advantage of opportunities has really been one of the keys to its continued success. Its latest venture, a new tap room, not here in Indiana, but in Sarasota, Florida, that will soon be joined by a full-fledged brewing operation. Co-founder Clay Robinson remains bullish on beer, especially for those who bring a solid business plan to the table. Through uh, 2020, 2021, looking at um, how we would continue to not just survive but thrive, we hit on an idea to look for an opportunity in Florida, which led us to where we are today in Sarasota. I've spent the last year building out our tap room, which is currently operational, and we're in the final stages of building out the brewery um, so that we can brew truly local beer here in Florida. And we're going to brew some of our fan favorites and, and beers that we brew every day in Indiana, but we're also uh, making way to brew new beers that are really specific for Florida and the market down here as we continue to grow and innovate. I can tell you, having visited that brewery, a lot happening in Florida. In addition to Indianapolis and Sarasota, Sun King has a tap room in Mishawaka and is now distributed in multiple states around the country. Well, beer isn't the only spirit brewing in Indiana. Hoosier distilleries are pouring it on with a shot of tourism to boot. We'll have details when we come back. Well, from Indiana's transitioning beer industry in our first segment to the state's growing distillery business. Since a big change to state law in 2013, distilleries have been popping up around the state and growing in variety and popularity. Names like Cardinal Spirits in Bloomington, Hard Truth Distilling in Brown County, and Moondrops, which just opened in Fortville. Another great example is West Fork Whiskey, which has opened its latest location in the rapidly growing city of Westfield. The sprawling venue offers more than whiskeys and food. There is an educational component that is a key feature on the big investment from West Fork. We also want to educate people on what makes our whiskey different. So right now what we offer is what we call a thieving experience. And so it allows folks to, yes, see behind the scenes, but really the emphasis is being able to taste whiskey directly out of a barrel and really see what the barrel does to the spirit as it ages.
Here's what's making news around Indiana, brought to you by the Indiana Association of Realtors, Indiana's 21,000 realtors, the neighbors you know, the experts you can count on. It's been the absolute privilege of my lifetime. That's Sullivan Mayor Clinton Lamb, who says he will not seek a fourth term in office. Mayor Lamb says over the final 11 months of his administration, he'll focus uh, on plans for the city's central plaza and uh, the revitalization of Sullivan City Park, as well as a major trail system there. A new hub for arts and culture is opening soon in the Steel City. It's the vision of a former professor at Indiana University Northwest, Lauren Pacheco. The new art space and creative incubator in downtown Gary is on the sixth floor of the Gary State Bank Tower. Our partners at the Times of Northwest Indiana report Steel Studio will host exhibitions, performances, artist studios, and workspaces. Well, more record numbers driving out of Lafayette. The 7 millionth vehicle rolling off the assembly line at Subaru of Indiana Automotive, now in its 35th year of operation. Well, the Business and Beyond podcast is ready for the launch of season three. Our guest this week, an Emmy Award-winning national TV journalist with Indiana Ties, ABC World News Tonight correspondent Lindsay Davis. She joined the network in 2017 and has covered stories uh, around the globe, moderated presidential debates, and now anchors ABC's Sunday evening broadcast and the network's daily news streaming show. You may remember Lindsay during her years on the air at WTHR here in Indianapolis, her last stop before ABC. That was the, the place that I, I felt like I was able to really write um, yeah. and really take the time that, you know, once I got to the network, it was very like slam, bam, you know, you got a, like a slot, and you got to fill it. And um, when I when I think about Indiana, I've, I've told people, you know, here at the network, even that, that my best stories um, I did when I was in Indianapolis. Much more with ABC's Lindsay Davis as we launch our third season of the Business and Beyond podcast. You can check it out at InsideIndianaBusiness.com. Coming up next, former NFL players, the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and the Indiana Connection to helping athletes feel more comfortable talking about their mental health. Plus... Jammin' in Brown County, the IBJ this week with how the music center there is building an audience with some big name acts. At PNC Bank, we're committed to making a difference in the lives of our customers and communities by helping them move forward financially. As a Main Street Bank, we try to do right by our customers with every encounter. Our local teams offer personalized financial advice to help guide you in making the best decision. We're proud to be part of your community. PNC Bank. See how we can make a difference for you at PNC.com. Copyright 2022, the PNC Financial Services Group Bank. All rights reserved. It's time now for Eye on Education. Innovation and connection, two focus areas for Ivy Tech Community College. Now that the school's Board of Trustees has approved a new strategic plan. To tell us what that new plan could mean for the school and the state of Indiana, pleased to be joined by President Sue Elsperman. And President Elsperman, as always, thanks for joining us. It is great to be here with you, Gary. Uh, 
okay, big news, new strategic plan, uh, and the, the kind of the theme is higher uh, education at the speed of life, right? Yes. Uh, let's talk specifically the workforce, such an important part of the mission at Ivy Tech Community, uh, Community College and important now more than ever here in Indiana. How does this new strategic plan really, really get out that workforce? Well, issue? it is about expanding those partnerships with industry, but most importantly, responding to them at their pace of change. That speed of life is not just a student's life, it's our economy's life. So being able to offer exactly what they need to build the partnerships that work for them and to bring adult learners into that talent mm -hmm. pipeline, yeah. credit for prior learning, things that help uh, our their employees, our students, mm -hmm. be able to fill those high wage, high demand careers that they have. You, you mentioned the talent pipeline. I think it's a great example in Kokomo, the Stellantis, uh, Samsung SDI mm -hmm. deal, massive deal, mm -hmm. uh, multi-billion dollar investment, hundreds and hundreds of jobs. Ivy Tech was a critical part of getting that deal done. We were, likewise, we're a partner with Purdue, with Skywater and mm -hmm. semiconductors. And Indiana's economy is changing. And in that way, we have to step up every time this strategic plan really puts an emphasis, puts our foot down on the gas to do yeah. that even better and faster. You, you mentioned, okay, partnerships with business and industry, but also partnerships with high schools. Yeah. And part of that is getting more and more students credentials while they're still in high school, right? So believe it or not, we have over 70,000 high school students taking dual credit this year, more than Lucas Oil Stadium. Think about that. We graduate 80 some mm -hmm. thousand each year. So that many students and of those thousands are earning their first credential over mm -hmm. 6,000 last year. That could be first year of college or that certificate or associate degree that will get them into the workforce into that great great job and career. You only have about 20 seconds, but as you look at this strategic plan, and again, that focus on workforce, you've been focused on that for quite a while, but going forward, do you sense it's gonna really ramp it up uh, going yeah. forward? So if you remember, our big vision was 50,000 completions mm -hmm. a year aligned with Indiana's uh, workforce and communities. We're over 41,000. We have done 80% of that work. That last part is coming in this plan, and we will get there. We will deliver for Indiana. All right, new strategic plan at Ivy Tech Community College. Sue Alsperman, as always, thanks for joining us. Wonderful to be here. Thank you, Gary. It's okay to not feel okay and to understand that your mental health is part of your physical health. In football, it's a rough and tough game. Um, it's a man's sport, but like, now there's people behind the helmet. Well, part of the Super Bowl game plan this weekend, tackling mental health issues among NFL players. The big game is shining the spotlight on a Noblesville practice that the Pro Football Hall of Fame is adding to its roster of players for mental health. Business of Health reporter Kylie Valletta is here with more. Kylie. Thank you, Gary. The Hall of Fame Health got its start in 2020 when former football players opened up about their mental health struggles. The mission of Hall of Fame Health is to connect former football players and their families with mental health services. The project selects practices in cities with NFL teams to join the nationwide referral network, and Hall of Fame Health recently chose two providers in central Indiana. One of them is Journey Counseling in Noblesville, but the practice won't only be helping pro football players. The project includes a concierge line that any person can call and be referred to a provider in the Hall of Fame Health network. While the partnership isn't limited Limited to athletes. Journey Counseling co-owner Melanie Short says it helps encourage athletes who otherwise may have been hesitant to ask for help. 
we start really early in athletics now, right? Club sports and all the things. There's a ton of pressure already from very young ages. And that's something that we've talked about a lot. Like we can help people in our community here too. This was kind of the jumping off point. And we definitely want to be of service to anybody who needs it. In our very own community, you know, we're teachers and coaches and parents and and everybody kind of needs guidance because we don't really get told what would be most beneficial for our mental health or for our kids' mental health when it comes to athletics and how can they participate in something that they love without it becoming something that is um, so much stress and pressure that it is causing health issues and mental health issues. Kind of setting somebody up for mental wellness impacts our physical health really positively too. It really would lead to better performance athletically. Hickory House Recovery Center in Greenfield is the second practice that Hall of Fame Health is partnering with. Gary, back to you. All right, Kylie, thank you. Well, coming up next, palate-pleasing pizza from every corner of the state, including an Evansville favorite, wood-fired Neapolitan-style pizza made by a classically trained Thai chef. And nominations are now being accepted for the 2023 Leadership in Law Awards. You can learn more and make your nominations at indianalawyer.com. Meet the people and programs who put patients first. Mark your calendars for March 9th and join us to discover who will be named a 2023 healthcare hero. RSVP or secure a corporate table by March 3rd at ibj.com slash events. Well, Pizza Day may have just passed, but I'd venture to say there's no wrong day to celebrate a slice of za. This month's Trindiana segment uh, with Yelp takes us on a statewide tour sampling some of the best slices in Indiana. Yelp's Director of Community Campaigns, Brittany Smith, joining, joining us now with more. Brittany, welcome to the show as always, especially on a tasty topic like pizza. Exactly. Thank you so much, Gary. We got a really fun mix of newcomers and classics on this list. Yeah, let's uh, let's talk about uh, where you are because uh, very notable uh, to your location and the notoriety they're really achieving in the pizza world. Exactly. We are at Futuro right now, which is the located on the near east side of downtown India in the Holy Cross neighborhood. And they just made our top 100 places for pizza in the country list. One of two spots in central Indiana to make the list. They opened up back in 2020 and they are known for serving up both Chicago style deep dish pizza as well as Detroit style pizza. So if there's some of your favorites, really good thick slices, this is the spot to get them. And when you're checking out their Yelp reviews, you'll always see the spotted pig pizza keeps popping up as the most popular option. It's got some smoked bacon, jalapenos, goat cheese, ricotta, some of that hot spicy honey on it. Folks really love that. And they also love that you can order online so you can plan ahead. You know, the pizza has come a long way since uh, the days of Pizza City in Clinton, Indiana years ago. Uh, Brittany. <laughs> um, Pangea Kitchen, Evansville, a unique story down there, right? Exactly. Yeah, this business is so interesting. It's kind of a mix of a, you've got a Thai uh, menu from a Thai chef. Uh, it's classically trained as well as their Neapolitan pizzas, all under one roof, wood-fired pizza. So you can get a little bit of both on the same menu um, with really educated folks that are um, coming to it. The owner, Randy, who started the business, was traveling and discovered a lot of different cuisines around the world and loved those two and brought them together. And this business is truly a staple in the Evansville community. They've been around since 2016, and folks love getting both Detroit and Neapolitan pizzas there. Okay, we're getting tight on time here. Got to be quick. Yakida Brewing up north in Elkhart. 
Yeah, known first and foremost as a brewery with a little bit of Welsh flair. Open since 2012, and folks love their Landamore garlic pizza with fun toppings like roasted garlic, goat cheese, garlic oil. Really delicious. It's a really fun spot. Another popular one. A lot of people know Mother Bears in Bloomington. Yeah, they've been around since the 70s, and you can't go wrong with their Divine Swine Pizza. It's known as like the Meat Lovers Fantasy Pizza. It's a really fun spot and still going strong with their reviews. All right, Venturi is in Goshen. That's our last stop. Yeah, this is a really special one. It's certified Neapolitan, so they go through all the special steps that you need, high-quality ingredients, strict requirements to be able to have that certification. Folks also really love getting their Nutella flatbread when you're there. So not only get the pizza, but a pizza-style dessert as well. Awesome uh, trip around the state uh, for some great pizza. Brittany, great to see you as always. We'll talk to you next, next time. Thanks so much, Gary. All right. Well, pizza and beer, they go hand in hand. The beer part of that combo uh, has very deep roots in Indiana. Hoosier beer makers have been churning out barrels of ales and lagers for more than 200 years. Do you hear that bell? That sterling bell. It's inviting you to have a sterling time. Indiana on a big beer run in the 50s and 60s. That Wiedemann, that's one fine beer. From Evansville's rich brewing heritage. For mankind pleasure, this is the one. Get pleasure, false mankind. To Falstaff in Fort Wayne. Flavor in, sweetness out. Drury's beer is wonderful, 50 times it's fun time. To the Big D in South Bend. Those Hoosier breweries made a big splash after Prohibition, which put the lid on booze sales for 13 years. Before that, beer flowed like a river in Indiana. By the late 1800s, we were a top 10 brewing state. We've come a long way from making beer by hand back in those days. It's a high-tech game now, but a reminder that we're still a product of our past. Drury's brews flavor in, sweetness out, so you can enjoy glass after glass with no full feeling after. That means more fun. Well, that's all the time we have for this week's show. I'm Gary Dick. Go out and make it a successful week. Thank you for listening to the Inside Indiana Business Television podcast. Remember, you can get the latest business news from every corner of the state at InsideIndianaBusiness.com. I'm Gary Dick. Go out and make it a successful week.